No fucks to give. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, what kind of intro do you want to do? Well, uh, I think... Lots of stuff I know. Because it's writing. Yeah, I know. I wrote a lot of stuff down. Um, I couldn't think of a good one to do. So maybe we should just start the episode. What? Maybe we should just start the episode. Sign on a window says lonely. Sign on a door says no company allowed. Sign on a street says you don't own me. Sign on a port says three's a crown. Sign on a port says the three's a crown. All right, and because three's a crowd, I'm here today with my friend Kelly. Hello. How's, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. I have a couple quick. Um, oh, what's the word? Just going not revision, right. but like redaction. No, the, a word that means I messed stuff up last week, and I would like to take that back. Correction. Uh, there we go. We'll just say correction. Okay, so corrections. This, so corrections featuring Kelly. Yes. What's uh, what are we correcting? So last week, um, I kept saying Sean Penn when I met Dustin Hoffman from Rain Man, and I'm blaming you because you didn't uh, correct me, even okay. though I said it a million times. Okay. Clearly, I was confusing the movie I Am Sam with the movie Rain Man, so I'm an idiot, but also you are too a little bit. Not saying anything about it. don't know if I've seen Rain Man in a thousand years. I know it's Dustin Hoffman, but yeah. she say Sean Penn, same thing. Same thing, basically. Same right? thing. Older white guy, we're good. Yes. Uh, the second thing is, we said risk organically twice at the beginning of the episode last week and did not drink either time. And that's breaking the rules. We only have two rules, and we can't even follow them. That's drink when you say lost organically or risk organically, okay. and we messed it up. So we said it twice. So, so we, we are drinking Pyramid Outburst tonight. This is the, the pride, IPA you can pride and joy Portland, Oregon. <laughs> the best beer on the market. Yay! Two cheers for the two oh, we risk. missed, and then one more for Good luck. just here's to oh, the show. Okay, all right. So now that I have my corrections out of the way... Uh, this is a really big song, so I think that what we should do is kind of break it uh, verse by verse and kind of talk about it together instead of, you know, doing it, I say what I thought was yeah. bad, and then uh, you well, say what you thought about I guess my it. first impression, just to kind of get an idea, just because I'm curious, personally, the reason for my trepidation last week is that this song is incredibly important to me. I think it's incredibly important to most Bob Dylan fans. I think this is a, a weird song that's objectively amazing on a critical level as well as a poetry level and sometimes Dylan doesn't cross over and Dylan fans are obsessed with certain songs that just don't have a mainstream accessibility this song really hits all of those and I would be shocked if any you know Bob Dylan fan or super fan Dylanologist whoever you are wouldn't have this song in their top 10 it's certainly in my top 10 really absolutely it's hmm. one of the best songs I've ever heard in well my because time. often with artists I feel like the um, the most like played tracks are the ones that nobody wants to listen to ever again and we'll get to the, we'll get to that concept too because I think that's certainly something that um, has been expressed a lot with Bob Dylan songs hmm. the idea of completely almost destroying your own work by how many times you played this song. Right. So on that note, just to throw that out there, 
I love this song. How did you feel about the song? Did you just, um, did you like it? Well, to begin with, yeah. so I told you, the only the only real experience I have with this song is yeah. via Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero, And okay. for some reason, well, I mean, for that reason, I associate <laughs> the words Tangled Up in Blue with the song <laughs> Jessica by the oh. Allman Brothers. So every time okay. you say, or prior to this, you say Tangled Up in Blue, I hear... Not this song. Not this song. <laughs> even at a little. All. No, not even close. Uh, but they were both on Guitar Hero, so that's why I, I did another song. So I, um, I don't know, re-listening to it again today, I kind of liked it even more. Um, in just the studio version, but the the real live version is still just like it's it's a it's a different song. It's like you, I can't even they don't feel like the same song. Yes, the lyrics are the same, and I, yeah, of course the melody and its core is kind of the same. But like the real live version to me is yeah. so much better, and it really made me feel like emotionally, yeah. uh, which I didn't ex- like didn't really have with the the studio version or like any time before. But listening to the real live version, like kind of got goosebumpy, and I really well, enjoyed. I want to get into that because I think the reason why the two of them are so different is that the version, the the studio version from 1975, that entire record, Blood on the Tracks, was kind of a big comeback moment for Dylan, kind of leaving kind of a slower phase of his career. And he kind of came out of nowhere, in a sense, with this incredible record. Um, He was coming out of, of, of a divorce. And I think the lyrics sort of showcase a very vulnerable side of Bob Dylan, but the real live version is a decade later. Mm. And I, I feel like he's looking back at that song in a sense. And he, it becomes a different song. It becomes a much more vengeful song. It becomes a more straightforward in your face song. He, he takes a lot of the he's and turns them into eyes and starts moving straight on through tangled up in blue <laughs> right on, you know? So I think the two of them, I think we're going to be looking at those two songs over the course of this this episode but I think the two of them are very different and I think what you associate it with says a lot about where you are I think in your life or where you in are relationships. in relationships yeah. yeah because you're either going to side you know you're going to see sort of the more you know braggadocious real live version versus the more vulnerable blood on the track side mm. so it's interesting because I feel the same way if I'm going to go to it my, my instinct is to go right for real live when I covered it, which you can, if you guys uh, follow us on SoundCloud um, or just wherever you get podcasts, if you go to our SoundCloud or to our website, I actually have a version of myself playing tangled up in blue that I recorded in Philadelphia in 2005. That's awesome. I haven't even listened to that. And that is, and that is the real live version of it. It cuts out like the last verse for some reason. I mean, the CD is like long destroyed, but Feel free to go there. So just a little plug for, for that, just a little extra. But anyways, um, so yeah, I think that I think the two of them, and I think it's interesting that you love that version as well, and I love that version as well. I mean, you love the harmonica. You loved everyone freaking out about the <laughs> harmonica. So and this is really our first harmonica. I mean, right. Bob Dylan and the harmonica are synonymous, <laughs> and we have not had a Bob Dylan that. harmonica moment. Yeah. You're going to get lots of harmonica, girl, <laughs> a lots of it. In fact, I have my harmonica. Why do you have a harmonica? I actually have a harmonica and uh, the whole like the job and thing? the whole. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, we're we're definitely rocking that. Uh, yeah. Uh, totally. Okay. okay. So so let's break it down a little bit from beginning to end, which okay. makes more sense to talk about a song chronologically, I guess, as you go through it. Because this is such a, a big song with a lot of meaning, and the the lyrics and verses are so large, I think the best 
way to attack this is chronologically and just kind of break it down piece by piece. Okay, yeah. Before we do that, let's go ahead and take a listen to Tangled Up in Bloom. This is 1975's Off Blood on the Tracks. Early one morning the sun was shining I was laying in bed Wondering if she'd changed it all If her hair was still red Her folks, they said our lives together Sure was gonna be rough They never did like mama's homemade dress Papa's bank book wasn't big enough And I was standing on the side of the road Rain falling on my shoes Heading out for the east coast Lord knows I paid some dues Getting through Tangled up in blue. At the very beginning of this song, like literally as the song hits, there's this high-pitched noise, and I think it's like a chord on an organ, but it persists through the entire fucking song. And I do, I'm sorry I raised my voice, but it makes me so, it like... The first time I listened to it, I almost was like, I can't ever listen to this song again because <laughs> this song hits and it's me for five minutes. And I don't know if you know that, but I went back and listened to it. That's another reason why the real live version is much better because okay. that doesn't exist. So whatever, whomever yes. decided that it was a good idea to hold down a key or two on an organ for five minutes... Is it is a jerk and welcome to sign on the window <laughs> where I'm doing a podcast with a stranger <laughs> that I don't recognize as a human being anymore. Uh, this will be research okay. for when the aliens take over. I'm sorry, I don't know. It's just the first time that's all I could hear was that one note. I, I think that that's a very typical sound of that of that era. I think that his the organ is is a constant. Oh, I don't deny, and I don't yeah. hate an organ. It's just why are you? doing that one note for five minutes. I will have to honestly listen to it again. Yeah, it's to, bizarre. You know, actually, we're going to pause it. I'm going to listen to this. So uh, this is going to be abrupt, but we'll, okay, I, so I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like someone's there just holding the organ like, hey, Bob, Which the is new song. Beep. Uh, no, but I feel like it's... it's. And when yeah. I listened to it again, it yeah, was it fine. But like, this is me listening to this song, Sans Guitar Hero as a backdrop. <laughs> And the only oh, thing I can goodness. hear or focus on is this effing organ or okay. whatever it is. It, like, it even, to me, it has a, like the quality of a bagpipe. Like, there's just some angry Scottish person terrorizing me because <laughs> I want to listen to this popular song. And I don't know what I did to them, but it, they really hate me. Fair so enough. that's all I could think of. Okay, okay. Um, so that critique is going to get put over there for That's now. fine. That's it's not now. really Because you, maybe we'll see it as we go forward. Let's see if, if you keep seeing that because that's something that's not going to go away. But I'm I'm curious too if there's some weird underlayingness. Yeah, but, but we'll you see. Hadn't maybe not noticed no, before. No, just never. But the guitar it. is beautiful. I mean, it's Isn't it? like it's that gorgeous. picking the with the fingers. It's great. Beautiful. Yeah. Really good. Um, one of those rhythms. So the the first verse is pretty straightforward because it's obviously like him recounting uh, like a love the day before because you know uh, people say it wouldn't work out basically. Uh, she didn't like that. She, she was poor, from what I could tell. It was like, you know, because she had a homemade dress and 
Uh, her daddy's bank book wasn't Also, this was 1975, so maybe they met in the 50s, maybe. 60s, you know? So. Well, okay, so time is something we're going to get into. Yes, because baby. I yes, baby. don't know. I thought I had this story pegged, kind of, like in the way that Bob Dylan is going down one path, and then suddenly we flip over into a ravine and catch on fire kind of way. Okay. Which I, I thought this song was of that vein, too. You know, in my wealth of knowledge about Bob Dylan, the yes. three songs, including this one I've listened to, have been going down a path and then... Well, I guess it's just the one of one of the two. Yeah. I've been going down a path and then suddenly we're in Civil War era. Okay. Like, you know, whatever. Well, I'll say right off the bat, I don't... I, I think you're going to go to the slave part and you're going to start on a Civil War path. Yes. But I'm going to say... Let's just stop you there. Well, like, because I, you could. I mean, yeah. you could just roll on whatever path. And as we've learned, you can make of this what you want. Yeah. So we'll get to that. But Well, I had an epiphany, which yes. is why I don't oh. believe that anymore. But I'll, I'll talk about that okay, good, when good. the verse yes, comes. Please. Um, so, yeah, the first verse is pretty straightforward. Just talking about a girl that he got together with and people said it wasn't going to work out for one way or another. Right. Second verse, um, he says uh, she was soon to be married, soon to be divorced. I helped her out of a jam, but I used a little too much force. I'm like, is this literal? Like, did he physically beat this guy up? Or did he maybe or pressure her into oh, a relationship okay. when she wasn't ready? Uh, did he force? Or was the forcing... So you assume it was her force, his force against a guy. Maybe it was his emotional force on the girl. Yeah, I don't know which. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. yeah. I, but I assume either is... You know, you could take either, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he says that... They drove the car as far as we could and abandoned it out west. However, in the first verse, he says, uh, rain falling on my shoes, heading out for the east coast. So I'm like, so you're going east, but you're abandoning your car out west. So then I thought maybe they're driving the car. This is lovely. They're driving the car uh, to the east, but they don't make it very far, which is why they have to abandon the car. It's still in the west. So I'm assuming they're like worried. Like Kansas, Nebraska, like Oklahoma territory, maybe, you know, west enough, but not like California. Uh, and so he's trying to get away, trying to go to the east together with her, okay. escaping this person Okay. Uh, that she was married to. And then, then they essentially we're far. going from there to a bunch, basically, it looks like a bunch of jobs, so. Yeah, but before that. Yeah. So he's like, <laughs> uh, we, she's like, we'll meet again someday on the avenue. I'm like, what avenue? That is not enough information for an appropriate rendezvous of any kind. <laughs> you need some more information. Give me an address, it, girl. Life's Avenue. Oh, come on now. Life's Avenue. There's no room for that. I'm going to let you keep When you're talking on. about actually meeting people <laughs> at a specific <laughs> place in time. Hey, Kelly, meet me at the corner of memory and wistfulness. Well, at least you're using cross streets is what I'm saying. Oh, You've got to throw a co- yeah, cross street in yeah. there. You can't just say the avenue. She was married when they first met. Soon to be divorced He helped her out of a jam I guess But he used a little too much force And they drove that car as far as they could Abandoned it out west And split up on a dark sad night Both agree and it was best And she turned around to look at him As he was walking away She said this can't be the end We'll meet on another day on the avenue. Tangle up in blue. We're going to the great north woods now, apparently. Because Bob has abandoned, well, they've agreed to split. Okay. To okay. eventually meet again on some random avenue. Okay. 
um, who was like, carefree white man is carefree. I'm just tootling through the country and nothing okay. bad will happen to me. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. He's like, I didn't like my job that much. So basically, I didn't like my job, so I didn't do it very well. And then I got fired to the surprise of no one but me. Like... <laughs> Was that the, you know, I didn't like it all that much one day the axe just fell? Yeah, exactly. Or is the axe a play on going to the Great North Woods? And being <sighs> oh, come on now. I know. We'll keep going. <laughs> I'm just going to let you go. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting... Also, doesn't... Uh, we, uh, we both have been on this road before where someday we just didn't like it all that much and we just left. Oh, I mean, like, I get that. Yeah, no, but like, I He's like, I didn't like my job, so I got fired. Okay, yeah, no, I hear you. Okay. So then he went to New Orleans... Right. Oh, Delacroix. I like the way he says that. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. There's a lot, especially on the real live version. Just while I'm thinking about it, yeah. vocal intonations that he does that are just like really nice. Yes. Um, a little bit later when he says the thing about the poet, it's really nice. Yeah. It's, um, it's, well, it's a spillover. It's like I mean, you could look at all of this, all the stuff, basically all of the lines that were like, you know, I paid, I paid some dues getting through tangled up in blue. I, I mean, the way that he gets all. Dues. Yep. And then I bent down to tie the laces of my shoe. Yeah. The way he holds. Tang- that's yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, and then the real live. I mean, the end, tangle, you know, blue, and he just holds that out. I'm starting really to wonder what the blue is in blue. Is yeah. it just sadness? Is it that like straightforward that like I'm tangled up in? Well, he did say so. There's a lot of theories on blue. So I mean, blue is just kind of the blues in general. Mm-hmm. You're feeling blue. That's what I thought. Yeah, and then he. Here's the thing about Bob Dylan. That's been said about pretty much every song. If you were to have Bob Dylan in the room right now, and you were, you were to say, "Is this song about the blues?" He would say yes. Is this song about feeling blue? <laughs> yes. Is this song about heroin? Yes. Is this song about, about the ocean. Do you said right. once that you hold up for an entire weekend listening to Joni Mitchell's Blue and that inspired the song? Okay. Yes, of course that was it. Yeah. There is no answer. There will never be an answer. All we right will never know because they're all correct yeah. and they're all wrong and that's the beauty of it all. So I don't think that there's any blue. I think the blue is more you know, if it's anything, it's a signifier of, of, a, of a feeling for Bob Dylan. You might be tangled up in red. They might be tangled up in orange. It's just it's like just, a placeholder for it's a feeling. It's like yeah. a feeling, yeah. It's absolutely some windswept emotion that has put you in Not this necessarily mind. blue as sad, just in this. And orange city. just doesn't rhyme with anything. <laughs> so the thing about tangled up in blue, I mean, you're like blue sheets. I mean, it's just like can literally tangled up in the sky. You know, mm. if you're flying a plane, the I mean, ocean. it's just like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Ever. I mean, everything that that's blue is universally beautiful. I mean, just think tiny about nature. Fiat. A tiny blue Fiat like yours. <laughs> yeah, tangled up in blue. Okay, so like I kind of figured out at the very beginning, he's obviously talking about the past, but we're set in the present. And I think moving through the song, we jump time and we're supposed to be in that spot. It's less he's talking about the past and it becomes his present. Like he's actively experiencing these things. I know that doesn't really make sense. It'll make more sense. What I'm saying, trying to say will make more sense in the next verse. Okay. Thing. Okay. Not this one I'm coming up with the one after. Anyway, so he runs into her at a strip club. Yes. Because she's working at a strip club. Yes. Uh, and 
my note of she was working in topless places. Of course she was. Okay. Like, come on, Bob. Why does she got to be? Couldn't you run into her at a law office or like, you know? Okay. Well, also she's fallen, basically. She's now working at a topless place. Maybe. Okay. But, I mean, it's the real life version would say that, yes, she definitely. Okay. I guess. No. Maybe. No. I will. Well. All right. You're good. So... My gripe with this is he's just sitting in the strip club, right? And he's, like, yeah. watching her dance, in theory. Like, that's what I would imagine. Yeah. And he's, like, they're, like, later the club, he says, later on, as the crowd thinned out, I was just about to do the same. So he's just been sitting there. He definitely knows who she is. He definitely recognizes her and was going to leave without talking to her. Like, what a jerk. What a jerk. He hasn't seen her in theoretically years, and obviously right. they had some big connection. She left her husband for him, and he's like, I'm not even going to say hi. Yep. What the fuck? It's crazy. So that okay. I was okay. like, what is your problem? What is happening? Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that's what was my... Only really know no, that no, no, That's good. Yeah, okay. And the next one, yeah. Um, I like the way he says, yeah, tied my laces on my shoes. Yeah. That's nice. Yes. Um, so they go back to her place, and okay. she, I miss, if you should listen to this again. I don't know if you remember it. When he says, she offered me a pipe, I swear he was saying plate. Because the way he says it, he puts an L in there. I don't know where he found I this I thought L. it was plate for the longest I did, Okay, good. I'm and right. I think plate would almost, would be fine. Well, that would be a plate. The I mean, only reason I knew it wasn't yeah. plate, uh, yeah, right? Cause you, she, I mean, because it's, it's just the idea of an offering, like I'm offering you food. Well, you he says she turned a burner on. I'm well, like, burner on a stove yeah. and offered me a plate of food. Exactly. I mean, that's what I thought. And when like, we're in Louisiana, I bet she's making some like dope-ass gumbo or like jambalaya she's just or, smoking or some that good puppies stuff. or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I assume, right? Right. Because who smokes a tobacco pipe, right? Sure. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't until I listened to the real live version that yeah. I oh, you could said pipe, because he doesn't say pap. What is, what is a pap? <laughs> who says pap when they mean pipe? <laughs> oh, Bob, Bob Dylan. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just it's true. No, it's true. It's true. Um, so that note, I wish it was tasty food and not a pap. Uh, when he says... Uh, written by an Italian poet from the 13th century. He does it like, like French thing. I yes. love that noise. It's so great. Um, I think that's... And the poets there, I mean, they, they they come into a lot in Blood on the Tracks. And he references actually a couple songs that happen later on in the record in this song. About poetry um, or that, like the Italian poetry? Poet? Yeah, exactly. And, and when, when he's in this verse, actually, when he said, I thought you'd never say hello, she said, there's a song that's... Um, if you see her say hello, hmm. uh, that's track number eight. So, is the um, is the Italian poet a specific person? Or yes, yeah, so, like so, idea. No, no, it's a specific person. Well, I was on the hillside, blooming crazy, crickets talking back and forth in rhyme, Blue River running slow and lazy. I could stay with you forever and never realize the time. Situations have ended sad, relationships have all been bad. Mine have been like Belaine's and Rambo. But there's no way I can compare all them scenes to this affair. You're gonna make me lonesome when you go. Also, thanks to Bob Dylan, thinks that Italian poetry is about him. Because of course it's about him. Of course it's about him. It's all about him. So the next verse is... (laughs) I was really confused. For some reason, I thought the person he's... I live with them on Montague Street. I thought that, like, we have completely abandoned stripper storyline. Okay. And now we are in a different, like, set of people that he just moved in with some randos. And I was like, oh, he moved in with 
her and she's with someone. Okay. That's who the them is. And that took me like six times of listening to it to be like, oh, he didn't just move down the street, forgot all about her. We're just having this interjecting verse out of nowhere. Okay. Okay. So he moves in with her and just him making it a them. So they found, so, so basically they were together and then they met again. Right, like okay. he's found her at the strip club, wasn't right. even going to say hi. Huh. Right, but then and he then, did, and then he moved in. And then she's her. like, he's like, I'm, I'm a bumpkin, I quit my, I got fired <laughs> from my job because I hated it, and like, I need somewhere to stay, can I stay with you please? Okay. And she's like, this is real weird because I have a boyfriend, but like, okay, okay, you can stay in the basement. He's like, sweet, I love a basement. Perfect. Okay, yeah. So he started dealing in with slaves, okay. right? So he <laughs> dealing with slaves. So I'm like, okay, are these literal slaves? Yeah, and you're having flashbacks of episode one. Right. Where so we're I'm just like, talking about the Civil War. Oh, and now I'm like tangled up in blue. It is the uh, Union Army. And that's what Bob, Bob's having feelings because he's so Union and he, they're so <laughs> Confederate. And you ain't. Oh, that's a oh no. Hey, what's up? Because he's Total so Confederate and you ain't. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I guess uh, Bob is so Union anyway. I would say, yeah, exactly. He would be, right? Right, I'll, yeah. I hope he would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no. That's not it. That's not going to be not it. Okay. I just don't think it can be. So, Although I think it's universally regarded as one of the more bizarre lyrics. I mean, it it comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I think that the term slave, especially with his you know, entire catalog. There's a lot of America and Americana, mm-hmm. especially in his older age. I think we're almost tend to go to it in that way. And I won't lie. I certainly had that idea in my head or he was hearkening back to some other time or something fantastical was going on. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more, I think slaves could be lots of things. People that are mindlessly consuming life and doing nothing. People that are addicted on drugs. Um, these are all popular theories about who slaves are. I mean, mm. if you think about us, I mean, I think we're slaves to certain things, technology in our case, you know, and for other people, it's alcohol, drugs, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's a better interpretation. Cause then if you go down that, I mean, nothing else makes sense. And then you just said slaves as in, you know, African slavery in the United States during right. this particular period of time. And now you've just, the whole song makes no sense. Yeah. You know? But I get where you're going, and I, I don't think it's a bad impulse to be like, well, what else does this mean? I just, I, with my limited knowledge of Bob Dylan. I know, Dylan, I know, I know. You messed me up. I did, I did, I apologize. And, and <laughs> so we'll step back from that. Let's take the... Not, not assume oh, every not song assume is every going to end up in the Civil War. Right, exactly. In this song, I don't think ends up in the Civil okay. War. Okay. All right. So now that, like... I wonder if maybe he did mean the word slaves in this particular instance, and I think uh, this is obviously reaching... That maybe he was talking about sex workers, like oh. because I mean I know strippers are not necessarily sex workers. Okay, I get that, but like maybe this guy is kind of I don't know. For some reason, I thought that perhaps it was like a prostitution situation, um, and that's what it was. I don't know. I just like a picture of this really scummy guy that yeah, okay. like might be you know running quote unquote on? some okay. situation. Either way, he turns into a big joke jerk apparently. Okay. If he wasn't one already, okay. one worthy of leaving for sure because. Bob Dylan, oh my gosh. He's like, this situation has gotten weird. Uh, I like you, but not enough to stick around, so I'm just going to keep on trucking. Bye! There was music in the cafes at night and revolution in the air. Well, he started into dealing with slaves and something inside of him died. She had to sell everything she owned and froze up inside. And when it all came crashing down, I became withdrawn. The only thing I knew how to do was keep on keeping on like a bird that flew, tangled up in blue. 
I just think it's shitty that he's like, oh, yeah, uh, thanks so for letting me crash in your basement. It seems like this guy's a real jerk, and instead of helping you, I'm gonna just leave again. Okay, bye. See you later. What the fuck? Yeah. This was where I was confused as far as time. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like we jumped time a little bit, but I can't quite figure it out. Okay. On the, the line about him being like, some are mathematicians and some are carpenters. I was like, oh, how I dream of being a carpenter's wife. <laughs> well, a carpenter's wife apparently is from Chaucer, and it's like a, a cuckold, cuckolded wife, uh, apparently. So, of course, that ties it ties into more than. Bit. What the fuck is the timeline? This song is not linear. There is a blending of time, memory of who you are as a person versus who you are as like a soul. All of these things are blending together in this sort of moment. So essentially, the song starts off with a person remembering what it was like. You know, you know what's the first verse? It's, you know, he wakes up. Basically, the sun was shining. He's laying in bed. He's wondering if she's changed at all. He's thinking of this woman from a long time ago. Some redheaded woman. And he's not meeting up with her again because verses two and three are where they split up. So this right. is their breakup. Right. Not for the second time or the, the last time because verses four through oh. six where he, he actually meets her at the strip club oh. and he moves in with her and it leads to the husband and verse two, then verse three okay. and then verse one. And then it ends with seven where he's getting back on the road because the only, he needs to be on a road. So he can be on the avenue where he's going to meet her again. Gotcha. Some other place in the future. Wow. That's fun. For you and I, we are two people that have traveled far and wide and we've had lots of relationships and done lots of things and been lots of places. It becomes one of those things where I definitely understand what Tangled Up in Blue means. Mm. I understand what it is to sort of hold on to little things in the past. I mean, I'm, I'm tired today and... Work has been stressful. Everything's been stressful because I'm currently moving. I'm about to move to a, a place in downtown Portland. Um, I'm basically sort of vagabonding it up for about a week. And I can't wait to get to where I am in my new place. And part of my goal for the next couple months is basically to take all of the memories and stuff of the past and catalog it in a certain way where I can start using that information. Bob Dylan said about this song, he said it took him two years to write, 10 years to live. And that's the truth. I mean, he had to go through all of this to even have something remotely to be able to write about, which I think is crazy, you know, to have to live 10 years to write a song. Um, but basically, I mean, if we go to um, how Tangled Up in Blue was described uh, in the Bob Dylan Encyclopedia by Michael Gray, he says that it becomes a viable history of 15 years through one man's eyes. And in its realism and mental alertness, it offers a vigorous challenge to all the poses of wasted decay that most, quote, intelligent rock has been marketing since the fall from grace in the 1960s. So... Dude's got a hot take on... He's got a hot take. No, he has hot takes on basically everything. But one of my favorite parts, I mean, because we were talking before, he would be looking at paintings and he wanted to be able to look at them and have all the stories that those medieval paintings could tell. There's a whole school of thought that you could do that with literature as well. And there's tons of writers who have tried to do that, but he took it to this art form, which is pop music, mm -hmm. essentially rock music. And he succeeded. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, it's just, 
you know, it's sort of like divorcing yourself from the text. So it's like when I listen to this, there's no Montague Street. There's no none of that. It's just, it's just me on the road. It's me meeting people. It's me seeing that I'm not going to see those people again and doing all of that. And it's like, you can shepherd us through, Bob, but I think it's such a universal song in a way where it's just like everybody knows what it is to fall in love with somebody, be together with somebody, you know, break up with somebody and try to find that somebody or something like that somebody on another level. I think he fucking succeeded completely. Collection agencies calling on my prepaid cell phone. It don't take skill nor luck to never amount to much. But I got miles and miles and miles of nothing but miles and miles, miles and miles and miles of nothing but miles and miles. Because it is a movement-based song. Yeah. Everyone's moving all the time. Right. And he seems callous. I mean, he probably maybe was callous. Because even in his divorce, he blames himself for the divorce. And so it's almost like in in just the narrative linear telling of it, it's almost like he's to blame. He kind of like falls in love with her again, mm-hmm. manipulates her into this relationship, even though looking at it through a different prism, you see the structure differently. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it that, sounds like he basically did, did it again and then bounced on her. The whole line of... But they bounce together. You see, that's where the he, they, I mm-hmm. gets all mixed up because if you if you say those things, it betrays maybe the song a little bit or betrays his own feelings. And so you can't tell that it was actually them leaving and then being in a relationship and then breaking up. Whereas it feels like he almost got in love with her again and then was like, I gotta get out of here. We <laughs> always did feel the same, but we just saw it from a, a different, different point, point of view. view. Yeah, Which is perfect. In the real live version, he says... Uh, we saw her from a different point of view. So I was like, this is, this is more civil war theory. Oh, no. <laughs> <was> America. No. <laughs> <was> America. <laughs> no, but I think that's a great one too. Cause that's another one that's brought up a lot, which is now there's another person. There's now a third entity in here. Mm. So is Bob the third or is it, was there always a third? Is there a third? Mm-hmm. Was there somebody else singing the song to her? What's going on here? Which is fun because it just breaks it all apart. It's interesting that you brought up the divorce thing about him blaming himself because I almost wonder if part of this is actually third person. Like maybe this is an aspirational Bob Dylan where he's like, I saved her from this, but maybe he was the monster kind of thing. I think that he would say that that's probably correct. Yeah. He offered himself in a certain way where even they both took advantage of each other. I mean, you could read it as, as nicely as you want or as bad as you want because people, relationships fail sometimes that are doomed from the outset. And it's not always because people are terrible to one another. It's that they open up a side of themselves that maybe the other person burrows too deeply into without even thinking about it or vice versa or anything like that. So you can, I, I don't know, you can read that one in all kinds of ways, whatever is relative to your life. Yeah. Because if your just life, as simple as he inserted himself. In or you situation. can see it as violence. I mean, yeah. violence would absolutely work. I mean, somebody came in and punched the other guy and was like, I'm taking your woman. Right. Yeah. And you can roll with that because if that's relevant to your life, mm-hmm. I think you can roll with the idea that you're either the person getting punched or, or the, the puncher. puncher. And if you're the puncher, I don't think it ends up very well for you. And the punchee is probably the one who is probably a little bit better off. I think there's a, a generous looking at the person who got punched as possibly being, quote unquote, 
happier living these kind of lives because he's looking at the mathematicians, carpenters, wives, right. and there's so many different versions of, you know, all of the types of people. Mm-hmm. But that's, we do that all the time. Where are these people now? Right. What happened to them? Well, some are mathematicians, some are carpenters. Well, I mean, even like, I don't being, know what they're doing with their lives. Well, I, does he, does he want to be, does he, does he wish that his life was kind of like that? I think we all kind of do people who have traveled and been all over the place. I think we kind of long for some stable life, but we also understand that it would be kind of boring and it isn't going to work and it didn't work for him. We could also really easily uh, translate that into modern day, like that Facebook envy, right? Like you, or even just like pity. Like I got out, right? I got out of my small town. I got out of my whatever. And then you look back and like, these people are, wow. I, I thought, we grew up the same, and I thought we were on the same path, and, like, we are not right. on the same path. Yeah, but then even for the people that maybe did better than you, you look yeah. at them, and you're just like, well, yeah, but they're yeah. still the same. Or, yeah, whatever you want. They're either, oh, good for them, or it's like, but they're still trash. Right. I got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. even if you're looking at the mathematician, like, that person would, in theory, be a very smart, successful person, but mm-hmm. he lumps them in with, you know, someone who's just kind of a wife. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, they're the same to me because... I don't know what people do with their lives. Yeah. I'm just this guy who's just roaming around. I mean, it's his life. I mean, what a weird life to be some fucking kid in a hibbing Minnesota and he goes to visit Woody Guthrie in a hospital and then he records a fucking folk album and becomes undoubtedly the most influential musician Wait, of the 20th century. Are you talking about Bob Dylan? I'm talking That's about what Bob happened Dylan. to Bob Dylan. How fucking crazy of a life is that? And I don't know. I think it all sort of ties into us watching this, this man's life over 15 years and you see that it's not all wine and roses. Yeah. To listen to Bob Dylan, which is why I haven't listened to Bob Dylan. But that real live version of this song is something that just like independent. That's an amazing, beautiful song that like I'm in. Like yeah. if we if this is the ride we're going to be on, I'm a hundred percent. Oh, in. that's good. Uh, well, then I'm glad this song fucking happened. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, the other two were kind of weirder. They're just they're kind of out of left field. They're, and they're not fine. as no. They're, yeah, they're good, but they're not Ten Eleven Blue. Yeah, for sure. They're just not. Like they're fine rock songs, and I don't even hate it. Like I said, I, I thought it sounded a lot like the Rolling Stones, and I, I like the Rolling Stones enough. Like yeah. I don't know, it's, for me, it's all like Iggy and the Stooges, and like it just all sounds kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, I want to be your lover, I guess. Yeah, kind of felt like that to me. But this song felt like this is something I would listen to right now. Like yeah. like a timeless kind of thing. But Tangled Up in Blue, the studio version, yeah. doesn't feel like that. Oh. The, the real live I, version. Oh, that's has. crazy. That's I what think, I'm saying. I almost feel like it's sort yeah, of the so, opposite. Yeah. Because I think the real live version is really good because I think his guitar is awesome. I think it's just him being out yeah. there, which is which yeah. is great. And I think the blood on the tracks just for me because I think this it's it's more context for me. It's the sessions that made it. It's the record as a whole. It's it's the whole entity yes. that brings that. And I get together. that. I can yeah. appreciate it intellectually for sure. But yeah. like just emotionally, just viscerally, yeah, I go yeah, to, viscerally. Well, I go to real live all every time. I go to real live, and I I, I recorded the song as real live. When I sing it, I sing real live. At all, if her hair was still red, and her folks they said our lives together, it sure was gonna be rough. They never did like her mama's homemade dress, and papa's bank book wasn't big enough. And I was standing on the side of the road with rain falling on my shoes. I was heading out for the old east coast with the radio blasting the news straight on through. 
think it's because the arrangement. Obviously, it's just him. Yeah. In essence, like it can't be anything but more raw than the studio version. Yeah, I think because so. you don't have all those instruments. You just have him. You have him and a guitar and yeah. a harmonica. And do we need more than that? Which is what I hear the people had a problem with <laughs> when Correct. he transitioned into electronic music. Oh my goodness. Even though it's not at all. Playing up a guitar <clears throat> to an amp, dear God, stop dear this God. crazy person. Yes, I think that that's completely true. I'm really happy that we did this song so early. Okay. Because I feel like I have not just more understanding of Bob Dylan because that's going to happen inevitably week by week. One would hope. Otherwise, I'm immune to knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) And this becomes a weird podcast. 600 songs in and you're like, who's Bob Dylan? Right. Yeah. But I feel more emotionally connected to the body of work. Good. Uh, Mostly because of the real live version, but nevertheless, like, (laughs) I'm still, I feel more in it, which is nice. And I'm sure that'll intensify. Uh, Now that we're done with the discussion portion, I would like to just kind of wrap up with what uh, what did you do? Th- I, you've been very busy this week with yes. moving. Your whole life is kind of upended. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I moved, I moved out of a house in southwest Portland. Currently a vagabond living amongst friends and just on the road. I plan on going to the beach. Uh, recording this just a day early just so that we can kind of have a moment to chill before we do that. But then we're going to be on a regular schedule once I move into my studio. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to kind of getting these kinks out of our system. And I'm glad we did this episode. It might be, it's going to be fun to look back because this is such a seminal song. And if we do a greatest hits, you know, my favorite top 10 Bob Dylan songs and we pair them with the the episodes, this will obviously be the most quaint, pinch the cheeks uh, (laughs) worthy one that we're going to have ever. But I think it's important. Like you said, just, you can't beat a song like this because you can't pretend that this is um, like you didn't love it or hate it. There's, you, you, you have to, delve into this song and really sink your teeth into it. And if you do, you're going to come away with something. Right. You can't not. You or you're to. just intellectually vapid and you're just not being or emotionally numb. Yeah, exactly. And we're not playing those games anymore. People need to get in touch with their goddamn emotions. Yeah. We are. We're doing this. So, yeah, I'm glad we did this. So, it was a little trepidatious, but I'm glad we did it. Uh, even though it was such a big song. Yes. Uh, so, despite... You're moving chaos and you're yes. stress. Did you have a? Do you have a recommendation? That, I do. That anybody who might listen to this is not. That's not your mom. Yes. Yeah. Well, we lost mom last week. <gasps> as you remember. Don't say that. That's bad phrasing, well, no, we man. Lo- we lost all of our. We lost our all of our listeners. Oh. Yeah. Remember? It was just, we failed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would recommend. Uh, there's two records coming out in in early April. One by a band called the Flatliners. And another by the, a band called the Smith Street Band. Oh, two yeah. of my favorite That's bands. That's the Australian one, right? They are the Australian one. They are both coming out on the same day. So the Flatliners have a single called Human Party Trick out there. And Smith Street Band has not only a great song called Birthdays, but the video for Birthdays will make you cry. So I recommend both of those. And I will be absolutely recommending the records when they come out. It's our birthday Separated by a couple of years And I'll meet you on the corner of the water And the Elizabeth Street Pier Wanna be alone, wanna be I, I feel like there was a record I listened to that I was like, oh, I'm gonna recommend this for sure 
Um, but yeah, I mean, just the good place is really good. Oh, Crazy Heads! I can say Crazy Heads. Oh, Crazy Heads! Yeah, okay. yeah, because I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that's <laughs> did I say that loud? That's enough? relevant. And Crazy Heads is like a British. And it was good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's not. It's not as campy, which okay. for better or worse, right? Yeah, it's like more of an adult. It's a show that's made in 2016 and not in 1997. Yeah, that's right. So We've come a long way in 20 better. years. Yeah, but um, okay. Crazy Hats is good. The Good Place is good. You've already good. recommended that. We did, so we're keeping really NBC good. comedies alive. Keeping them alive. We'll see what next week brings. Gosh, I'm really peeved. I can't remember the name of the album. I don't want to recommend. Oh, well, maybe we'll find out next week. Yeah, or we'll just randomly play it right below mm-hmm. this sentence I remember <laughs> but if we don't you were also rocking a bunch of 40s music and pop yeah. music it's so Andrew Sisters that's it young girls say they treat them nice make Trinidad like paradise drinking rum and Coca-Cola go down point Kumana both mother and daughter working for the Yankee dollar we're steeped in stuff. We're listening all the time. We're doing our best to kind of get deeper into the world of Bob Dylan, the music of Bob Dylan, just around Bob Dylan. Um, so yeah, those are our recommendations. This was Tangled Up in Blue. And then we need to pick our new song yeah, for next week. Yeah, and we're go- we're heading off the trivia, so we're gonna do this real quick. So if we get Wiggle Wiggle, I quit this podcast. And if we get Mississippi, we get a tattoo. We also need what? to get our. Oh, I'm gonna get a tattoo over. Oh, I thought you were just signing me up for a tattoo. That oh, well, you should get a tattoo. I mean, I will. You should, you should pick sure. one random song. Get, no, um, I already have music lyrics. You should get wiggle, on my wiggle. Body. We get wiggle, wiggle. You do wiggle, wiggle tattoo. I will just get the words wiggle, wiggle tattooed on somewhere in my, preferably my forehead. My forehead, that would be good. <laughs> I mean, I just got to let people know what is that's, up. Yeah, absolutely. I love Bob Dylan or the Wiggles. Just double Which wiggles. I would imagine is what people would, you know. Yeah, but then you can correct I mean, them and say, I have a podcast for you. <laughs> it's all about the wiggles <laughs> you can hear the color over the radio oh, just like it's bright blue and oh, red and whatever up and blue. okay <gasps> see we just did that all right so we are so okay so we just did tangled up in blue we i was sure about to ask what delete song that please. we did all right tangled up in blue Number 213, Goodbye, 1975. Good. 661 is where we're at. So let's go ahead. So 1 to 661. I have the computer, so I'm just doing all of this. Sorry, America, to kill the illusion. We didn't even talk about our favorite little line of real life. Just real quick, I'm throwing it in. While right. you focus, what, pick our song. What is the your favorite line? Um, of the real life version of Tangled Up in Blue, where he says, I wish I could tell you all the things that I never learned how to say. And then... He, like, th- that was the woman talking, and he says back, that's all right, baby. I love you, too. Nice. So good. That is good. Yeah. And that's the contrast to, um, yeah, them, you know, sort of meeting again on the avenue. Yeah, so it's kind of darker, beautiful. I think real life, again, just emphasize darker, over, light. Oh. Focus, pick our song. God. I did. Number 13. What's the whole wow. Lucky or unlucky number 13. What is it? It is a song called Cold Irons Bound. Cold irons bound. Cold irons bound. Plural irons. Irons. Plural irons. So is it like irons that we will find out? Does heat an iron and then it goes cold? It's from 1997's Grammy Award-winning "Time Out of Mind." Yeah, that's right. Because I was like, right? Because he beat Radiohead. He beat Radiohead. (laughs) So, so next week we're bringing it all back to Babyface. Basically, this is a Babyface podcast. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on on the uh, Babyface podcast. This is the way. 
the Babyface podcast. Um, no, so this is uh, Cold Irons Bound, Time Out of Mind, 1997. We doing it. It's a great song. Listen to super into it. Listen Cold to Smith Street Band. Irons, listen to Flatliners. What is it called? Right, Cold yeah. Irons Bound. Cold Irons Bound. Yes. Listen to that. This is going listen off to the rails. You're we'll off play. Rails. We will see you out for next week. Yeah. Goodbye. Have a good night. Hopefully, we win a trivia. Hopefully. We don't fuck this up. All right, it's like six. Forty-five. Okay. Let's go.